it's going to be a wild ride. So buckle yourselves in. Welcome to Stramash, the Scottish NFL podcast. This is episode 201. Joining me tonight, we've got Paul Mitchell, Charles Parson, and Gorn McGuinness. Good evening, gents. Paul, on the back of our week one live event at the Golf Tavern. It was pretty good, wasn't it? I mean, what a night we had at the Golf Tavern. Plenty of chat, plenty of whiskey being given out, the old toast being made. And just general good fun and just great to see everybody again, Cameron. Absolutely. And for some of us, it was all downhill from there. So we will cover that and more. Of course, once again, returning the season is the Loch Lomond Belter nominations. We will be kicking off with sharing your thoughts on who did best this week. We've got the Baufin Award back as well. And we'll pick and choose some of the best nominations for that one this week. Before we get into a new feature that we're doing this season, as we select our offensive team of the week. Yes, we'll be selecting our offensive line, our quarterback, a running back, a tight end, and three wide receivers in our team of the week. So let's get things kicked off. And first of all, let's get straight into the Belter nominations. Let's let's start by talking positively, yeah? Let's let's do some of that. So let's get the admin out of the way first. Numerous people have put us forward, which is very kind of them. Um, the Tony Brewerton, of course, from Local Woman, says the Stramash event. Event... Event a year, well done team and thanks for the effort. Awesome night with a cherry on top being Johnny Bailey's face as Boswell's kick sailed over for the Steelers win. There's a few other nominations in there for us as well. Sarah Taylor says, you guys for organising an awesome week one event. Thoroughly enjoyed the night, even if I was the designated driver. The atmosphere was great and the prizes were great too. Kenny Law also gives it to us. Kenny, of course, who provided you with a rather fetching poncho. Charles, that you wore for a good portion of the evening. Very comfortable. Nice and cosy, that. <laughs> Stephen Lynn also gives it to us, but let's look beyond that because we cannot win this as much as it was a great performance. There's a couple of names that repeat throughout this. You won't be surprised that Justin Jefferson is one of them. Peter Coyne says, absolute baller performance and now the standout wide receiver one. Uh, George Jackson says, great week for him, made the Packers D look like they weren't there some of the time. There's a couple a lot, of... Nomin- a, lot the, a lot of the time they weren't. Well, indeed. <laughs> On the other side of that, uh, just to kick Charles Wiley's down, a receiver that's now left numerous nominations for Devontae Adams, David Love says, in a painful opening week for the Raiders, number 17 was exactly as advertised. 10 catches and a touchdown and could have had more and quite clearly the most skillful and impact receiver on the field yesterday. Gary May says, nothing can stop this man, not even a new old quarterback and a new offense. Wide receiver, one season incoming. I think the Raiders are grasping at straws there. But anyway, keep going. <laughs> there are nominations for Saquon Barkley. Simon Lloyd says, coming up clutch for the Giants and showing us what he's all about, leading us to a huge dub. Uh, you had me until you said the word dub. Um, Brian Dable gets a few in there as well. Uh, Saquon, Paddy Kelly says, massive year for the boy after so many injuries and disappointments. And Sorry, sorry who, who, who was that? Paddy Kelly. No, 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 the, play, the player name. Saquon Barkley. Oh, there we go. That's not, that's not what you said. We just, we're going down this. There's like eight names a year in this podcast that you refuse <laughs> to pronounce correctly. That was Saquon. <laughs> Saquon was good as well, to be fair. This <laughs> this podcast is being recorded later in the week than usual and at a later time. It's been a busy week, right? Uh, massive year for the boy after so many injuries and disappointments and he showed up and looked like the Barkley of old. Beyond that, there's a number of nominations quite rightly for the Chicago Bears. Stephen, just Stephen, he didn't give us his surname, says, team ranked 32, beat a division favourite, played in lovely Scottish weather, torrential soaking rain, ended with players diving in puddles. Jamie McDonald says, the Bears as well, they probably got the most nominations in the pod to be the first pick in next year's draft. They did get the most nominations. They turned it on its head. Keep it going, lads. And there was one other one. Patrick Watson says, for showing the Packers how to beat the 49ers, but also impressive <laughs> to do it playing on Lake Michigan. So he manages to take a shot at both of us there. <laughs> um, Steve just gives it to the whole NFL. Uh, another Stephen gives it to Brian Dable. Dable, Dabble, 
Dobol. How do you want that one pronounced? Brian Dable. I think Brian Dobol has got a contender for being Dobol just seems harsh. What I went for the Giants, great comeback and huge decision to go for two, something we've talked about a lot previously on this pod. An opening weekend weekend win for the first time in ages. Schedule eases up as well, so it could be the start of a playoff run. Beyond that, it's predominantly quarterbacks. Patrick Mahomes gets a number of nominations. Ross Taylor says five touchdowns, 360 yards. That's it. Does it get better? Geno Smith gets one from Robin. All the hype was about Russell Wilson's return to Seattle, and yet Geno gave a composed performance, although not spectacular, but enough to get the big win. Sometimes the loudest voice isn't the most impressive. Yeah, Charles. Uh, Beyond that, Josh Allen gets a couple. Of course, that's the Thursday night game, so uh, slightly further from the memory. Justin Herbert, he lost Keenan Allen to injury, says Adrian McAllister, but controlled the game with three touchdowns to three different receivers, was often throwing without being able to set his feet, and touchdown passes to Carter could have been anywhere else. Johnny Bailey says, Jameis Winston, great comeback for the Saints, and Jameis, Paul's old team came back from 16 points down in the fourth quarter, 111 passer rating, of course. For anyone that wasn't at the live event, Paul has come out as a Jacksonville Jaguars fan for this year. We'll let you cover that. Uh, Philip Edwards says, Josh Allen, simply, he's good. So, gentlemen, let's kick off with our belter. Who is the belter of the week for week one? Well, I've got to turn to my own team. You know, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, (laughs) James Robinson, back after a ruptured Achilles. 11 carries, 66 yards, two touchdowns. That's pretty good. It's good to see him back. And I mean, you know, and if people are wondering why I'm suddenly a Jags fan, I managed to find when I was on holiday in Florida, $10 genuine Tim Tebow jersey, number 85, Jacksonville Jaguar. Child jersey. Youth, if you don't mind, large youth. We're going to go go with the word (laughs) child. Hey, it fits perfectly, and it only cost me 10 bucks. So uh, I've now got a wee wee affiliation with with the Jaguars. Now, in all seriousness, James Robinson, I mean, you mentioned there uh, Jameis Winston, but, you know, Michael Thomas came back and was pretty impressive as well. So got to give a shout out to AJ Brown as well. I thought he had a good a good weekend. But I think I think most of the these guys covered I think I'll cover one or two in the, the bowfing section. But I think what you're looking at is you know just a lot of good games over the weekend or if not and I mean that in terms of how they finished some of the football was a little bit sloppy. Um there's certain teams you thought should have won games that didn't. Um I mean the the, the Steelers game was a mess. At the end, nobody wanted to win that one. So there was an awful lot going on, at least. Anyone else got any nominations for... Justin Jefferson? Is it not Justin Jefferson? So 100, I'd... 184, yard, 184 yards, nine cat catches and two touchdowns. I have to say, I think the Green Bay secondary helped him out. But that is the stat line of the week, if you ask me, apart from perhaps Mahomes' five touchdowns. I mean, Justin Jefferson is giving off serious Randy Moss vibes at the moment. And he, he was he was doing this last year and in his rookie season. And he, I think he, over the first two seasons of his career, he's piled up more yards than any receiver in history. This guy is an absolute monster. And the one pass that I'm going to give um, the Green Bay secondary is that we're up against Justin Jefferson. And the way it was interesting, I was listening to um, our friends at the Around the NFL podcast and they were talking about how he was schemed very similarly to the way that Matt LaFleur schemed with Devontae Adams last year in that they would do everything in their power of the Vikings to get Jefferson the ball. And that's what happened in that first half against the Packers. He was unbelievable. I mean, you saw what Cooper Cup did last year nearly going for 2,000 yards. You could see Justin Jefferson going for 2,000 yards this year. He's, He's almost unplayable when he's that good. I'd, I think I would probably go for Justin Jefferson. The only other name I would drop in is Miles Garrett. Don't think anyone mentioned him. Uh, the Browns probably didn't deserve to win that game. Took like a 59-yard field goal or 58-yard field goal right at the very end to, to do it. Wasn't a particularly good game of football. It was pretty ugly. But Miles Garrett had six total pressures, two sacks. And heading into that game when Baker had reportedly said he was going to fuck them up, you will beat that. Uh, I, you know, Miles Garrett absolutely shot that down and uh, and took care of business. I actually okay. really enjoyed watching that game. Actually, 
the Browns against the Panthers because there was a real edge to it that you just wouldn't have got on week one. There was a lot of really interesting games. There was a lot of really interesting scorelines, ultimately, wasn't there? Um, I think that we... There wasn't really a substantial amount of blowouts. If you look across the board, the Buccaneers blew out the Cowboys, the Chiefs blew out the Cardinals... The Vikings did blow out the Packers, I guess. Ravens oh, Jets, did. that's about it. Ravens yeah. Jets, yeah. Maybe Dolphins Patriots? Maybe? Comfortable. And it actually, it's not a blowout, really. It's comfortable. Was it's the Bills com- Was the Bills Rams a blowout? Mm, you, you could argue. I mean, on, on in terms of the scoreline, perhaps. I think the thing is, we've said this year after year, week one is weird at times for some teams because especially those who haven't played their offensive stars during the, the preseason there's a lot of teams that are still trying to get to grips with their offense. And there are a few anomalies there. And there was not, I mean, apart from Mahomes and Kansas City, who looked absolutely glorious, albeit they were playing the Cardinals who were rotten. I, I, there wasn't a team there that would maybe sit up and go, oh my God, they look great. You know, it was just the Chiefs really. No, I, th- I think the Bills made me sit up. I thought the Bills were good. And now you could argue the Rams were terrific, but I think the Bills didn't let them be, be I, good. I think I just... Josh Allen in particular yeah. as, the, as the main reason for that. Like he was, since he got, not since he got into the NFL, since what his third season, he has uh, been really good at the, like the kind of later developing plays and being able to keep plays alive and then finding yeah. stuff. What he's developed and getting really good at is being able to also be really good when he has to pass the ball quickly. And in that game against the Rams, Aaron Donald still did bad things to their interior offensive line, but it didn't matter at all because they were getting the ball out really quickly. Uh, And if he can be really good at that this year, then I I think them against the Chiefs would be a pick in the playoffs. Indeed. Right, okay. We've given a number of nominations here, but it feels like Justin Jefferson probably has edged this. I think Charles has said that. Gordon, you've said you're happy. I'm quite happy to go with Justin Jefferson, Paul. Consensus? Yeah, yeah absolutely. I've, I've no problem with him slotting in. Excellent. So let's raise a glass and toast to Justin Jefferson because you are the Loch Lomond Belter of the Week. So that brings us nicely onto our new feature, which is our team of the week. So we're going slightly further afield with this one. Um, Justin Jefferson, as Belter winner, obviously gets a place in that team as one of the three wide receivers. So let's start off by completing the core. Which other two wide receivers from the week make your team of the week? Devontae Adams was the one nominated. I think you've got to go for A.J. Brown. The way in which he... That's... It was a... You know, it's his first game, a new team, and he dominates the game. And Devontae Smith doesn't catch a ball. Now, that's not a balanced offense, really. So Philadelphia need to work out what they're going to do with two good receivers. But they 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 gave up a first round pick for AJ Brown, and the stat line was outrageously good. What 155 yards, 10 catches, and we know what he can do. And if you're Tennessee, you're sitting there thinking, why on earth did we not pay the money for him? <laughs> I So I think this is relatively simple. You say it's three wide receivers total, Cameron. So we've got yeah. Jefferson. I think I think it's A.J. Brown and it's Devontae Adams. And I, I I think there were some other good performances, Jamar Chase, Cooper Cup, Stephon Diggs. I don't think anyone else was as good as those, as those three guys were. Michael Thomas, not worth a little shout for? The way he played and the way that the Saints came back. I mean, you've, that's a former You've Saints given them fan. up. You've uh, former, yeah, yeah I was going to say, you know. you've given them up now. I mean, you don't need to blast him. <laughs> Jarvis Landry in that game. Jarvis Landry, seven receptions for 114 yards. Nobody was talking about Jarvis Landry. It's just, just he just continually gets yards. From a right. rookie per, from a rookie perspective, um, the one that I don't think anyone saw coming was Dotson, who, uh, you know, who obviously um, took two packs two passing touchdowns from Carson Vence, who we've been ripping to shreds on this podcast regularly. Another, another, name, like... we, another, another name we refuse to pronounce correctly on the podcast. Yes. <laughs> um, I, I would think that if you've managed to land uh, Jahan Dotson at the bottom of your fantasy draft this year, you could be uh, you could be doing quite well because Washington and Wentz are going to be up and down, but he looks like he's got a terrific pair of hands. He looks Re- terrific. Real- 
realistically though, like all those guys, Michael Thomas, Dotson, like Landry, neither of them really comes close to Jefferson, AJ Brown, or Devontae Adams this week, right? Correct. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to fall out with you over it. I think yeah, it's a fairly it's a, it's a good trio of receivers. Okay, uh, so I think that's a, we've got pretty quick consensus there. There's there is the standout performers. Um, who are we putting in at quarterback then? If we go back to our Belter nominations, the real, I mean, Geno Smith was nominated, but I don't think we're considering Geno Smith in this conversation, right? We yes, are talking yes. about <laughs> we are talking about Patrick Mahomes. We are talking about Josh Allen. Boring. There, we're, they're going to we're going to pick them every other bloody week. I think we should go for Geno Smith purely for ab- the banter aspect abs- of it. Absolutely not. Geno <laughs> <laughs> Smith's offense scored seventeen points. Yeah, I, it was it was outstanding, and he's going to mess up the Niners this weekend too. Probably. So all the more reason to do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, Imagine starting off back to back being beaten by Geno Smith and Justin Fields. That just would be glorious, wouldn't it? Uh, Josh, Josh it. Allen's Josh Allen's the answer here. Let's be honest. He was. I, I think so. Like the thing I find really interesting is Mahomes did five touchdowns and no interceptions. Josh Allen had three touchdowns and two interceptions. But I think the overall balance of play. I think Josh Allen was better. I think Mahomes not having an interception doesn't really do justice because there was a couple of passes that should have been picked. And I think Josh Allen actually had one of his two interceptions that was dropped by a receiver right in the defender's hand. So I I think Josh Allen's command against a very good defense in LA, how good he was with the quick game, how good he is with everything afterwards. Are they? He, he was great running the ball as well. Are they that good a defense though? That's a question. I mean, it's a slight, slight side issue from this, but Aaron Doll aside... I'm not sure that they are that good at defense. I, I mean, I, I do think they're better than the Arizona defense, though. Oh yeah, so. I don't think there's any question of that. Um, but they've got remember I, they've I got Bobby Wagner. <clears throat> like Bobby Wagner's been a big disruptive is it, player. Is it Wagner that. or Wagner? It's Wagner. <laughs> wah 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 Wagner. Um, Jalen Ramsey, as much as I dislike him, is a very good quarterback. Although it was a lot of fun. And lovely to see that the taunting call was not given on Diggs when he absolutely <clears throat> stuck it in the face of Ramsey. Great. Let them play, lads. Um, this is a good defence because it's been a good defence for all. They've not really lost anything. They lost Von Miller. but Well, they got they signed Von Miller, don't forget, because they were an average pass rush and they've now yeah. lost him. And this is the problem. And, that, you know, you could argue that the AG is that Bobby Wagner's actually over the hill which is why Seattle are happy to let him go, albeit they are rebuilding. I just wonder that they're going to shell a lot of points this year with the way that Ramsey plays. He, you know, like that. He's not going to have a, as bad a day as that, but the best receivers can light him up. Uh, Adams has done it before. Jefferson's done it to him before. And if if you can contain Aaron Donald, I, I do worry about the Rams. You know, you can see them. They're going to have to come from behind quite a lot this year. Anyway. Yeah, and I mean, I think that the context is key here. Like, it's so easy to look at the stat line and just give it to the person who gets the most numbers, and that isn't always the case. It did feel like Mahomes against the Cardinals. His offensive line did very well. It looked really routine. There wasn't anything particularly flashy in that, whereas I do think Josh Allen was that dual threat, finally threw a couple of interceptions. One of them, from memory, was definitely not his fault. It was tipped, I think, and... Um, the the second the second one was his fault I think but the first the first one was Isaiah McKenzie and it came like it was right into his hands and he just like yeah he just it basically so, yeah, yeah. It, um, it amazes me in the world of stats that the NFL keeps that they still class interceptions in a singular way that it always looks like the fault of the quarterback there's got to be something introduced to say that it is not the fault of the quarterback. Funnily enough, Paul, that you mentioned that, there does actually happen to be a website that does track turnover-worthy plays. Derek Derek Carr led the led the league this week with five. <laughs> there you go. But in the official stats, it'd be good to see because, I mean, I'm watching that game, yeah, you're right, the second one was, but the other one, you know, the guys caught it, turned and coughed the ball up almost in the same, you know, movement. And, and that's not on the quarterback for me. So is it Josh Allen and Team of the Week? Yes. Yeah. Grand. What offensive line are we putting in front of him? Now, we're not going into each individual position. We're picking a line and we're going with it. Is it the Philadelphia Eagles line, which seemed to just give hearts all day long? Uh, is it the, the 
the Chiefs line, which seemed to be particularly good as well. Do the Titans offensive line get anything? Because although they lost the game, the Giants really didn't put much pressure onto the onto the quarterback. Is there anyone else that's a contender in the mix? Does the Vikings line get a special mention? Because this was meant to be one of the best defenses in Green Bay, especially at the linebacker position. So they, they didn't feel like Kirk Cousins was put under much duress. Is there anyone else I'm not considering? I think, I mean, I think you've got to be fair to the Texans to say that their line played pretty well. You know, I mean, up against the Colts, who aren't, you know, all that bad, they were expected to, you know, lose quite heavily in that game. I think they're, they're worth an honourable mention there. Yeah, uh, just the two sacks allowed. I I think I'd probably win the Chiefs. I think if you look across that whole line, I think they didn't really have a starter that struggled. Um, they're really strong at centre with Creed Humphrey. Both tackle spots remain really well. Yeah, I think I'd go. I'd go Kansas City. Anyone got anything to add? No, in depth. Not really. Char- the no. Chargers. The Chargers line is built to be very, very good, and I think that they will be good right the way through the season. But it's uh, you still see Herbert making his best plays when he's on the run. Yeah, it's true. I I still think that the Eagles are in with a shout, but I'm happy to go with consensus. So if we want to go with the Chiefs O-line, we will put the Chiefs O-line up front. So two positions left to fill. We've got one tight end, one running back. Let's start, first of all, with the tight end. Who caught your eye this week? Who was the player? O.J. Howard, obviously, came from nothing, just turned up with a couple of touchdowns at key times in what was quite a big game. Taysom Hill is a tight end, came in at quarterback and did a a big old run. Anyone else? Travis well, there's, Kelsey. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah Travis Kelsey is the one I've got written down alongside Taysom. I mean, they, they're the two for me this week. Taysom, because he can do anything that the Saints want him to do. If you're looking at pure tight end play, Travis Kelsey, I thought it the best week. Does anyone have any other names that they want to throw? Will Disley. How about him? For, for that one long catch. For that one long catch. Broncos, Broncos I'm just I'm trying to mix miles. this up a bit. We're going to be... Use, Travis Kelsey's going to get in this team every week. And I love oh, Travis Kelsey. We, I think he's great, but we need to mix this up a bit. We're, we're rotating between four tight ends. There's four tight ends that are probably <laughs> going to win this at least twice throughout the time. It's going to be Kelsey, Andrews, George Kittle, if he actually makes it on the field, and Darren Waller. We, I just, I, I think we should try and um, spread our wings a little bit when we can. So, I'm listen. If it's Kelsey this week, I'm not voting for him next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think Kelsey is a, a standout performance, and he is going to be in the conversation most weeks. Context is going to be big here, though, because he's going to be up against some pretty easy matchups some week. There's going to be guys that aren't. But in the context of this, fine. Travis Kelsey gets the tight end position. Final place to fill. Who gets running back? Saquon Barkley. Is it Bar? I was going to say, is it Barkley or is there Sa- anybody Saquon. else? Sa- Saquon Barkley. <laughs> give it to him because you know what? He might get injured next week and we won't see him until next year. So give it to him now while he's still fit. Do you, do you know what I think is really funny? Is like for anyone that follows the, the fantasy football community, a lot of them this year were very much on, you know, Christian McCaffrey, like, you know, injury. There's a lot of like bad luck when it comes to injuries and he's had some bad luck. It's not like a, a consistent injury problem for him it's a couple of things that are bad luck you know if you draft him and he stays healthy he's running back number one in fantasy football and they all kind of forgot about the same thing with Barkley in that it was a couple of years ago that he tore his ACL and last year he was kind of banged up with the ankle and things like that he, he looked like he did as a rookie yes uh this week and it, mm. you know he he probably was the you know his ability to create big plays was probably the difference in that game you do, you create, hope, you do hope he stays fit for the sake of the Giants fans and for the sake of Brian Dable as well, because Brian Dable has proved he's a really good offensive coach yep. in uh, in Buffalo. And he's now come into this cursed job and the best player in the building, who's not been fit for two and a half years, suddenly he's given him a new lease of life. And actually, they suddenly look really quite frisky on offense, at least. I mean, the defense looks a mess still. Um, but... They, they've now got a playmaker who could do stuff. They've just got to make sure that they keep him on the field. 
And actually, they could do some damage in that division because yeah. Dallas are in trouble. The Eagles are good, but they're maybe not great. The, yet. The, N- and- the NFC in general looks not good. Like mm. all of the wild card spots. If you're if you're in the NFC at this point in time and you don't think you can compete for the five, six, or seven seed, you should probably right now be firing your head coach because that conference does not have seven teams that are strong enough that should be guaranteed to go to the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, there's not as much depth. And yet we said this last year and the Rams go and win the Super Bowl. So <laughs> we'll we'll come on to this because an NFC team does possibly have a slightly easier running against these AFC teams that are going to face each other a lot more. But the only other name I would put to the mix for running back is Antonio Gibson. I thought Gibson had a great game, both, you know, led both rushing and receiving, didn't get a touchdown. I think if he adds a touchdown to that, you're talking about him having a bigger performance and probably more of a surprise, given how much chat there's been about him not being running back one and being a punt returner. So, you know, to put 72 yards receiving off seven receptions, 58 yards of 14 carries, fine. He's up against the Jags as well. So I have to say that the opposition's not as strong. But I think he's definitely in with a little bit of conversation. Yeah, I mean, the same game, James Robinson, I've mentioned him at the top. He played yeah. really well. But I think Barkley is, is the star for this week. Um, you know, just simply because you saw him being, you know, used through the air a little bit as well, which obviously doubles his threat. But he, he looked good and his team, well, his team won the game as well. Arguably they shouldn't, but they did. Nick Chubb, 141 yards off 22 carries. Kareem Hunt, 46 yards on the ground and a touchdown. 24 yards through the air and a touchdown. So two touchdown performance for him. You know, running backs turning up week one. Um, but yeah, fine. Okay. I, I mean, it, it does have to be Barkley. He was the 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 X factor in that game and got a much surprise win for the, the Giants. So there you go. That's our first ever Stramash team of the week as at quarterback we've got Josh Allen behind an O-line of the Chiefs his tight end is Travis Kelsey his running back is Saquon Barkley and his wide receivers are Justin Jefferson AJ Brown and Devontae Adams oofed what a team we'll put together a wee graphic and we will put that out and you can tell us where we went wrong. I think there's there's got to be an honourable mention as well. Uh, if there's no kicker in this team, at least give it to Justin Reed, the Kansas City Chief safety, for his extra point attempt. It was magnificent. Absolutely was magnificent. outstanding. <laughs> I've, right. I've said it before on the podcast, and I'll say it again. I cannot understand why teams do not have a backup kicker. Get somebody in your special teams to at least work on it a little bit. It's it's bizarre. Apparently the he... Um, they've got. Apparently he kicked a 65-yard field goal during the training camp. So maybe he is the backup kicker. <laughs> yeah, it could be. But I mean, more teams certainly should have that. For me, more teams should go with that. So it's, so Belter, to, and Bowfin is now back, Cameron. Bowfin is back. So I wanted to pick some of the, the, the best ones here. So Phil got in touch. His Bowfin. Denver clock management. I went from nominating the 49ers for bursting my 33-1 to ACA to the Cowboys. However, the Broncos clock management in the final 50 seconds with three times out was deplorable. What were they doing? Robin gives it to the Green Bay Packers. My Packers have not turned up in week one for two seasons now. Yes, it may end up meaning nothing like last year, but our inability to react to a punch in the mouth under MLF is one of his only downfalls. Nomination from Steve for the 49ers, the Broncos, the Colts and the Titans for losing, failing to beat the four worst teams in the league this year, as predicted by the fine gentlemen and women of the Shramash podcast. Oh, dear. This honourable mention to the Saints who almost joined them, but they didn't. So it doesn't matter if they almost did. They didn't. They didn't. Uh, Patrick Wilson says, Russell Wilson, the cringe master in chief, being loudly booed upon his return to Seattle and then losing to Geno Smith is just quite funny. Joe Burrow gets one from Tony Brewer and we'll put this down to a bad day at the office for a very fine quarterback, but five turnovers, Joe. Sheesh, man, give yourself a shake. Kellen Moore gets one from Ross Taylor. Blows my mind. Dallas offense had nothing going for it on Sunday. The Bucks tripled up on Lamb and that killed us. Yes, the wide receivers aren't great, but a very decent tight end and one potentially good wide receiver. Surely the space that creates allows an opening for the other wide receivers. And don't get me started on Zeke. Yes, I'm a pissed off Cowboys fan. Derek Carr gets one from Alan Morton, who's a Raiders fan. Derek Carr being Derek Carr again. Inconsistent, lazy footwork. 
Greg Zerline gets one. The Rams get one from Peter Coyne. Go to at least pretend to be competitive for your home opener. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett. Oh, oh, I'm, I'm so, I'm so, so let's get out the world's smallest violin for the team, the fans that got out to see their team win the Super Bowl last year and like, oh, I'm now really into this team's, this team's been letting me down for years. I'm sick of the sight of this. All right, give over. You, you, deserve, a, you deserve a nomination yourself for slaughtering your own team. I'm sorry. <laughs> we don't know that he's a Rams fan. We don't know that he's a Rams fan. Well, he's speaking like it. If he is, he should go and sit in the corner and have a good think about himself. In fair, in bloody fairness, nonsense. He's not wrong. They were terrible. I just, it came across as a little bit looking for some pity because my team are terrible. That's all I'm saying. I, 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 think, he, I think he's right. No, he's, he's right. The Rams haven't won a game in three months that's meant anything. Come on. <laughs> Adrian McAllister says Cam Akers drafted him for fantasy team, uh, but open to any trade off there after three carries for zero yards. Evan McPherson gets a couple. Johnny Bailey says, Money McPherson threw the game away twice with the blocked extra point, then missing the game-winning chip shot in overtime. Go Steelers. They, they did. Uh, they hang did, on a minute. His kicker hit the post. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. Um, the Raiders O-line get a nomination. The Bengals 49ers defense gets a couple. It would be easy to give some this to some kickers this week, but the 49ers D were absolutely bouffing, says George Jackson. Can't blame the weather for the amount of space they were giving the Bears wide receivers. Correct. Cannot blame the weather. No. At all. I, that comes it, as a surprise. I had no right. idea the 49ers had a defense. I'm surprised that somebody's not nominated the weather. In, indeed. I don't I mean, put nominations in. So this you know, is I'm just I'm surprised that nobody else on Planet 49er thought the same as you that the weather was to blame for that defeat. I never said that the weather was to blame. <laughs> I said that the weather was a factor in Trey Lance. No, I don't know. We'll come to this in a minute. Um uh, I, Yeah, fine. There is one for Paul Mitchell, but I don't know if he's in the mood for it or not. So No. Fuck it off. Anyway, <laughs> Antonio <laughs> Brown like was uh, was some of the phrases used. <laughs> there, is, there is only one winner this week, and that's Nathaniel Hackett for his absolute butchering mm. uh, in, in Seattle. You've paid an absolute shed load of money for a guy, and you don't trust them. And you've got a kicker who's basically turned out and said, "Look." You get me to the 46-yard line and I'll kick the field goal. He'd never kicked a field goal of that length successfully professionally in his life. I think he was, what, 0 for 5 from that distance? And it's what, also what makes like, it worse, no one, the coach believed him. No no one has kicked. I, I mean, to be fair to the kicker, he, he was like a little bit wide. I'm pretty sure it had the distance. It did have the distance, yeah. It, it, w- it would have been the longest kick outside in NFL history. The only, so I think you're right. I think it is Nathaniel Hackett. We are excusing Brian Dable for a terrible mistake because they won that game. Oh, to go for the two point conversion. No, 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 no. The two point, that's, that's fine. Like that's a, so here's, even if they don't get that, I like that decision. It's not, it's actually not like the best analytics play Uh, in the world because you say, because you set yourself up for the the Titans now of time, and they're they have a reason to go and kick the field goal instead of taking you to overtime, and it's then fifty fifty. But I will say, if you're a new head coach trying to uh, ra- rally up a, a new team that has been struggling like the Giants, doing something like that, even if it doesn't work, probably tells that team you believe in them. The, what the mistake I think he made though is Kadarius Tony for the for the Giants had a carry for it was either twenty one or twenty three yards. At one twenty-three yard carry, it's the only time they got the ball in his hands the entire game. He played seven total snaps, I think. They didn't throw the ball to him once. The one time they gave him the ball in a run, he got twenty-three yards. He was a first-round pick a year ago. He appears to be their fourth-choice wide receiver, maybe. Richie James is ahead of him in the depth chart. And the one time he touched the ball, just like happened last season when he was touching the ball, he makes things happen. He's very difficult to tackle. Um, like forced, I think he forced three missed tackles in that one that one carry. Get get the ball in his hands, please. While we're talking about boofing things, did anybody else think Jamar Chase actually scored? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he now, did. We're, but but that's on. So that's one. <laughs> the officials are wrong, and and also we we said it. Me and Charles were have hammered this this point. If you're looking for a reason why we should probably doubt the Bengals a little bit, Zach Taylor. How do you not challenge that? I, well, that's that's my point, Gordon. I mean, it's even if you were, even if you were just a little bit 
thinking, well, I'm going to chance it. You had to. I well, mean, that, I, that was I bizarre. Do wonder, I do wonder, and, and you know, we know that they get help from upstairs. I do wonder whether or not there was absolutely no call from upstairs at all because of the angle that you that it's happened at. You have to think that it's not just the head coach is, is looking for that. Someone in the, the booth is looking at that and giving him advice. So I'm, I'm not going to hang it all on Zach Taylor, um, but it was, a bit, it was a bit of a strange situation because we're all sitting there going, that's a touchdown. That's a touchdown. Yeah. Why are they not at least trying to float a flag? Okay, they're going to just keep going. And, but to be fair, they were half a yard out. They should have scored a bloody touchdown regardless. So it's oh, irrelevant. Absolutely. But you've just got to think, if we're thinking that it should be challenged, they've got to have a rough idea that, that, that you've got to challenge that as well. That is really, really poor. The uh, other... We, the, the, the other thing I think with the Bengals that were, I think people calling out Joe Burrow is not even just for the turnovers, but one of my favorite storylines coming in this season is they revamped that offensive line because everyone was like, if you give Joe Burrow an offensive line, he's going to be great. He's not going to take as many sacks. He still took an absolute ton of sacks and probably half of them were on him because he holds the ball too long. I, Joe Burrow is a tremendously talented quarterback. We spend a lot of time on this podcast, not even in this podcast, people in the media spend a lot of time talking about certain quarterbacks and certain styles of quarterbacks who won't last long in the league because they run the ball too much. I guarantee you, if Joe Burrow continues to take sacks at the level he does and they're on him, he's going to go the same way that Andrew Luck did. He can't take 50-plus sacks a season and expect to stay around in the NFL. Indeed, you cannot. Okay, so Bowfin. Is it Nathaniel Hackett or is it someone else? It's it's Hackett. It was a it was a Hackett uh, display, <laughs> and made worse by the fact he came out the following day and said he, he got it wrong. I th- so see when do I you like when that? I, when I saw yeah, it, re- I do. I, well, I, th- I think you got to own it. I think so, you got to, there's two ways of looking at it. You either own it or you 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 act all leader like and essentially try and con your team into thinking that it was all part of the grand plan so and actually I'm in charge. When I, I saw it, when I saw it written down, I thought it looked like he was acknowledging he got it wrong. When I heard it, it sounded more like what he was what he was saying was, well in hindsight, because the kick didn't go through, it was the wrong decision. Which is that's not the same thing as saying I made the wrong thing. It's like, oh, it didn't work, so obviously I made the wrong decision. Like, no, your process was wrong regardless. Yeah, because there's a lot of guys this week saying, I mean, the Giants should have lost. Arguably, the Steelers should have lost. You know, there's a lot of teams who are sitting one and zero that actually should have lost. You know, because of bad kicks, principally. Um, you know, I, I find this this quite fascinating. I mean, it's easy to say that in the sort of Monday morning quarterback style, but I, I don't think, I, I would rather Nathaniel Hackett come out and say, look, that was my call. That's what I thought was right at the time. I don't think you have to dr- address whether you would do it again. I think you've got to stand by your decision. Um, just to be a little bit stronger as far as that's concerned. So some of the biggest shocks of the weekend then, obviously, the the Bears winning. So let's touch on this because, Charles, I know your breeks are wetter than Soldier Field were on Sunday. Uh, the <laughs> opportunity to stick the oar in and paddle your way 100 yards to stick it right around Trey Lance. I, I so, mean, well, no, no, not at all. I just find it hilarious that um, a team of the Niners' capabilities, take Trey Lance out of it, they should be able to win without Trey Lance, frankly, against a Chicago Bears team that is bereft of talent, bar Dar- Darnell Mooney and Roquan Smith, who David doesn't Montgomery really want to... is David no Montgomery. Bum. David, he's not a bum, but he's not better than the the Forty Niners multitude running game. And I know that Elijah Mitchell went out, but Kyle Shanahan has history in proving he can just plug somebody in and off he goes. The the Bears have basically got two good players: one on offense, one on defense. What the guy in defense doesn't want to be there. <laughs> and they didn't turn up, the Niners. They did not turn up. They were handicapped by a, a kid at quarterback who's not a rookie, but plays like a rookie. And they got their game plan wrong. Uh, they just were bad. They were bad all over the field. And the, it'll be really interesting to see how they bounce back against Seattle, who will be coming in on a high now this week. I'm sorry, we've said it once, we've said it again. 
that is a Super Bowl squad. And the question was around the quarterback. They made the change. They've gone with Trey Lance. And, you know, we're sitting here and we don't know any more about whether he's any good after week one. Now, fair enough, it wasn't a monsoon. Funnily enough, week two looks like it's going to be in a tropical storm. Yeah. So he's going to have to suck it up and deal with it. It's the same for everybody. And you know what? Let's just see what he can do. I mean, this is a good opportunity for him to just step up and actually prove that he is worth those three first round picks they gave up for him. Uh, I, I think I think Shanahan lost that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very, very rare that I would say this, but the 49ers didn't run the ball enough. They were almost like a 50-50 split in that game, whereas the Bears were kind of like 60-40, I think. And and the 49ers had the lead for like a good part of the, yeah. of the second half. That's a game where you just need to just run the ball. And and Kyle Shanahan draws up runs better than anyone else in the NFL. Justin Fields wasn't a good passer in that game either. I know he had two touchdown passes, but he completed eight. Eight total passes the entire game. Um, the, the Niners won a game like that about 18 months ago. Against in, Washington. Against the Washington. And it, and it was one on defense. And, and yeah, and Nick Boza was swimming in the puddles at FedEx yep. Field and they were fine. So... I'm sorry, they just didn't show up. And again, let's give them a little bit of a pass. It's week one. There were lots of teams that didn't turn up in week one. But if you want to flip it, there's teams that you would trust that are going to recover because they've got a leader at quarterback that has been relied on, for example, or they've got a good unit elsewhere that, you know, know, for example, the the Raiders receivers, the Raiders receiving core and car, you, you would imagine is going to click at some point. And they lost against a really good team. The Niners are just lost to the Bears. The Bears are historically I, bad. I, I do. I do think, in general, though, in terms of like, a, if you're if you're looking at a game that decides what you want to do for, like, how you decide this going forward the rest of the season, it's probably the 49ers game is probably the one that I throw out because the weather was mm. so bad that it does it does have a big impact. I, I, yeah. If you, I think if you compare it to the Broncos' loss to the Seahawks, I think that's a worse loss because there's nothing that Russell Wilson was fighting against. And I think that you know the well, defense, the twelfth man. <laughs> well, yes, indeed. Um, and you know, I he was on a given, hiding to nothing in that game. Indeed, he was. I've given the Seahawks a load of stick over the years, but you know what? I absolutely thoroughly enjoyed some of their chippy content. I thought it was magnificent. Geno um, Smith was terrific for yeah for the first half, and it was a perfect game plan. And they, they did were, what they needed to they, do. Yeah, they did. They, they absolutely did. So, like, I mean, it's it, all these things in week one are, are a bit weird sometimes. But you've got to be able to show that, that you can bounce back, and it yes. was a strange game. Um, they should still be taking care of business. They've got to take care of business in, in week one against a poor team. You have to yes. just go and do it. The Colts should have done it against Houston too, and they couldn't do it. And now they fired Rodrigo Blankenship as a result. So, And if you look at those bounce back games, right? So those ones that we're talking about. So let's move into week two and start talking about the week two. Obviously, Niners Seahawks could be played in monsoon conditions again. Uh, God only knows what will come out of that one. You talk about... The Packers now go on to face the Bears. Now, obviously, Aaron Rodgers had a stinker week one last year, but it didn't affect him the rest of the season. For your side, Charles, are you worried, though, about the the performance of the receiving core, that there's an issue there? Well, the first play from scrimmage, Christian Watson absolutely burns Patrick Peterson and all he has to do is catch the ball. And he scores a 75 and, five and, I'll t- and I'll tell you what, though, the rest of the game, he was open countless times and, and his stubborn never quarterback just yeah. never found him. You, exactly. A two-time MVP who... It, it's insane that this happens to Rodgers because he's genuinely up there with Brady as arguably the, you know, the most gifted quarterback that we've had in, in the last 20 years in the NFL. He sulks though. It's petulant. <laughs> yeah, he, he's a diva. I, I think he petulantly decided, "I'm not throwing your way. I'm not even looking your way, Christian Watson, because you dropped this pass." Yeah, and it was just like, "No, don't care. Sorry, you yeah. dropped that first pass. I'm never coming back to you again." And we've talked about this before. He he is he's the walking talking ego. He's the biggest personality in the league because he is that ego, and that is not going to help him or the team. But do you know this is where I have faith because ultimately. He's proven time and again that he can return to some kind of 
high-end standard uh, after a setback. This time last year, we were talking about that Saints defeat and how they were utterly abysmal, and he didn't look like he was interested. And, oh, is he going to leave? Or is he going to retire halfway through the season? He was the MVP. Um, so I've got no doubt that they will get better. I think it's going to be more, as I said a few weeks ago, a little bit more of a, a work in progress this year because he has not got Adams. He's going to have to move things around. They're going to rely on the running game. The running game looked decent. It looked pretty good. There were a couple of drives where they moved the ball pretty well. Uh, I have faith that it will come together. It's not going to necessarily come together to the point where by the way, they're going to be scoring 30 points every week. I think that there's an element of they're going to win some games by 21 to 10, 21 to 14. That's just the way it's going to be. But they are a far more rounded team with Adams not there. I was reading, there was a quote that ad, the, the amount that they would have had to pay to have Adams, they picked up five players including Devondre Campbell, Key Walker, Devontae Wyatt, Rasul Douglas. They're a better team now without Adams. And whether you look at the receivers or not, that is the, that's the whole, that is the sum that, that so they're, they're relying on. The interesting so, thing around that, though, is I, I, I think it gives them the chance to be a better team. If Rogers plays now. ball. Well, but even like that's two nice. years from now, like I don't think, I don't think those players... Given the fact that you imagine with Rodgers, there is a smaller window for the Packers right now. How well positioned are they to win a Super Bowl this year with those players? Or are they maybe better positioned next year? Hmm. And is Rodgers still going to be there next year? And I, I kind of think he will be. I think we'll yeah. go through some of the we'll go through some of the rigmarole this that next offseason of oh, I might retire. I might I think he'll still play again because I think he's still good enough to do so but but I, I think I think the Packers are going to be fighting I still think they'll yeah. win that division I think they'll be I think the, I don't know necessarily that it's going to be an absolute shoe and that they're going to walk away with the division now because Minnesota have improved in terms Ke- of the Kevin bounce o- back game Kevin they O'Connell, will they'll be fine yeah Kevin O'Connell called a really good game and I, I really liked so everyone hyped this off season of how good it could be if you get Justin Jefferson in the Cooper Cup role and I was a little bit sceptical but it looked very similar for the Vikings this week. Mm. What other games this weekend are we thinking are the plum ties though? Let's, you know, we talked, there's a bounce back ability there. We kick off Thursday night football with Chiefs Chargers. Do we think this is going to be competitive? Uh, uh, well, Keenan well, Allen's it, out, isn't he? So it's going yeah. to be hard for the Chargers now, I think. It's going to be hype to high heaven. It's obviously Amazon's debut. Thursday night football. Al Michaels, Kirk Herb Street will be in the booth already talking about could be the greatest NFL booth ever. Um, it's not not like Amazon to try and talk things up in any way. We're going to hear like it's going to break records for streaming. Well, yeah, well, you've never really had an NFL game streaming before. We're going to get all of these tropes. I think it'll be a really good game. I think it'll be a really interesting game. Um, I think, you know, looking at it, I, I think... If you want to look at important games, bizarrely, I think Giants Panthers isn't quite an important game. Giants can go two and zero here. Panthers can go zero and two. That that to me is fascinating, just to get yourself off and running there. Um, I'm interested for the Saints Bucks just to see uh, see, how, let, see how your old team get on. Yes, yeah, see, see how the boys that I used to like get on. <laughs> see, see how that goes. I think that's that's quite a fascinating contest because the Saints historically do well in the in the regular season against them. I, th- I think there's something in there. I think it'll be interesting to see the Cardinals. Um, how are they going to How are they going to look? Um, the Lions-Commanders is also quite a sneaky, interesting game because, I don't know, it might just be the hard knocks thing, but I quite like to see the Lions get a wee, wee win. I, the one I want to see there. in the six o'clock window, if I was choosing the game, I want to see Miami-Baltimore. And I think... It's the curiosity of what Miami can be. Now, I predicted that they would be a disappointment this year. They cruised it against the Patriots. Now, we have kind of talked about the fact that New England could be quite bad, or from a Belichick perspective, historically bad this year, and they look like a mess. But they are very well loaded up on the offense in Miami. And Tyreek Hill against the Baltimore secondary, I think it's going to be quite good fun. Um, and also, Lamar looked great throwing the ball. 
didn't he? Wow, it's, so, it's amazing. It's almost like that's <laughs> like that's somebody he's good at. So and they've, where, and they've got a decent secondary in Miami too. So that looks <laughs> like a really tasty game to watch. Where I think this is really interesting is Lamar's MVP year. They went to Miami and put up fifty nine points. They went to Miami on Thursday night football last last year, and they lost. And, and they lost, and the offense did nothing. And but that was because it was Thursday night. You don't like no, Thursday nights. No. So I mean, I don't like Thursday <laughs> nights, and I, th- I thought it was a possibility they'd lose. But if you go back and look at the game, what the Dolphins' defense did is they showed a lot of heavy blitz and then backed out of it. So they showed a lot of what's called cover zero, whereby you don't have any safety health over the top, and they can afford to do that because they've got good cornerbacks. They showed a lot of that and then had the linebackers and the safeties kind of back out of it. And that made the Ravens think that they were going to be facing a heavy blitz and Lamar just didn't handle it well at all. So I'm really interested to see how Greg Roman and the Ravens offense and Lamar are set up to deal with that because it's the same defensive coordinator, I think, and the same defensive system. So I think the Dolphins are probably going to approach that the exact same way. Um, And I'm just going to be interested to see are the Ravens going to be able to get something going in the passing game? Because if they do, I think they win that game relatively comfortably. I'm just not. I'm not convinced that they're going to be able to get as much going in the passing game as they want. Yep, it's definitely interesting. I think for me, the games, the two best games of this weekend are the two bookends. I think that the Chiefs Chargers on Thursday night football is brilliant because of that division. What can Justin Herbert do without Keenan Allen? Can he utilize his other weapons? I do think there's a couple of crackers in there. For me, I think Ravens Dolphins Saints. Bucks are the two great six o'clock games. I think that the the late games are a little bit lackluster. Raiders Cardinals probably the best of the bunch. We've got this weird week this week where we've got two Monday night games that are played an hour and fifteen apart from each other. So I don't still don't quite get the theory on that. But I think the the late one, the Eagles Vikings, is a fascinating match because this is going to see can either of these teams continue on because. Whilst the Eagles, sorry, whilst the Eagles were high scoring against the Lions, they were conceding a lot of points, a lot more than I thought. And then the Vikings didn't really face much out of the Packers. So, what will Jalen Hurts do to them with uh, AJ Brown? Um, I think this has all the makings of being an absolute cracker early in the season. And we talked about this earlier on. There's maybe not that many great teams out of the NFC. These two could be major postseason contenders. So fascinating to see them go head to head. Pick the Eagles as the number one. If you were at the event on uh, Sunday night, I said the Eagles are going to be the number one seed, and immediately people went, "Ooh, is he stupid or drunk?" Um, and that's I, I'm standing by that. I think that they've got a great chance to be the number one seed, especially now that their division looks easier with Dallas completely imploding now that Dak Prescott's injured. Because I can't see the Commanders or the Giants challenging for the division, so it looks like a walk in the park for the Eagles, if you ask me. I would think the other interesting thing this week, Cameron, is just the number of good players we've lost to injury. Yeah, I mean, it has been Jamal Adams with his knee, TJ Watt, Elijah Mitchell, Chris Godwin, Najee Harris might be down. Mike Jones has got back issues in, in New England. Don't we, you know. don't we all? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, well I, I can get into large youth. My heart bleeds for him. Um, <laughs> you know, so the, the, there's an awful lot of that going on. And Obviously, I think we've got to touch on the Dak Prescott situation. Cooper Rush is unlikely to be the Good. solution there, but <laughs> yeah. If only you know. they had Andy Dalton as a backup. Well, you know, do, do they Dear go get me. Jimmy G? Is obviously. Oh, I tell you what, I absolutely would love that if Jerry Jones panicked and went and lobbed a third round pick towards San Francisco. What? Set oh, his coverage signaling a second round pick. No, 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 no. I think I, I, I thought I thought he was signaling two first round picks, not a second. No, 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 no. <laughs> two seconds. I'll take two seconds. Two, two seconds. seconds. I mean, Jerry George. I mean, he's not getting any younger. So every year that passes and there's disaster that happens in uh, in Texas, you have to think, well, what's he got to do? Because actually, they've got some good parts on, you know, in the team. They've got on paper a good defense, but. I mean, it's just, if it never rains, but it pours. I would, if I was Dallas, I, I, you know, you go to San Francisco and say, what do you want? Why not? Why not? Well, because he's going to be a free agent at the end of the season anyway. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the it. point. 
but it would spoil the narrative of what week is Trey Lance going to get pulled for Jimmy G, or, or which is my flip, favorite storyline so far. The flip side to that, Paul, is they're stuck with Trey Lance and they're fucked. What are they going to do well, now? <laughs> so I mean, the Trey Lance thing, go back to Josh Allen. Look at his first two seasons in the NFL. Fine, Trey didn't play last year. Josh Allen was nothing special, pretty crappy. You know, fine, he didn't have a Super Bowl-ready roster. Are you comparing Trey Lance to Josh Allen? No, who, I'm who, just saying. I mean, Josh, I mean it, no, you no, absolutely no. are. You absolutely are comparing him to Josh Allen. I'm not, but if no, but he turns are. into... Yeah, but if he could <laughs> he could turn into someone like Josh Allen. Uh, yeah, the early he form could, could doesn't indicate anything. He could. He could. We could be, he could. He could be five years from now and Paul he could be squeezing into large youth Trey Lance 49ers jersey. Incidentally, just on oh, that, I've on, been I've to Florida. I've been to Florida and I've seen large youths and there's no way that's a large youth. That's like small. But anyway, that's a whole other topic. Um, no, just before you go on that, I mean, Josh Allen wasn't replacing a, a Super Bowl playing quarterback. Correct. You know? And the Bills hadn't been competitive since the last century when he came along, whereas the Niners are expected to be competitive every year. Anyway, enough of that. We've got the whole season ahead of us. <laughs> Indeed, we do. I'm uh, just trying to look now who the quarterback was of the Buffalo Bills in 2017. I can't remember. Tyrod Taylor. It was Tyrod Taylor. It was Tyrod Taylor. So yeah, I remember, who, I've watched. I've watched all Tyrod Taylor's Super Bowls. It's great. Yeah. Um. Anyway, right. Okay. Couple of things that we need to do before we wrap <laughs> things up for this week. First of all, we need to pick a winner of the bottle of Stramash Lachlomond whiskey and two tumblers. So. Uh, Paul, you get first dibs this week. A uh, number between one and fifty-four. Uh, oh, one and fifty-four. Let me see. Um, twenty-seven, twenty-six, fifty-three. The number of points in the Saints game, I think it was fifty-three. Jesus, that was some fast maths. Ewan Chalmers, congratulations to Ewan. You win a bottle of Lachlum and Stramash whiskey. And two tumblers. Um, we also need to do a quick check-in on the Bonnie Sauce Pick'em competition for this year as well. It's still plenty of time to take part in this. It, we, you might have missed week one, but you know what? There's definitely plenty of time to be catching up, especially given some of the funky scores that we got in the first week. The current leaders at the moment are sitting with 11 and 4. We've got Rocky 72. R Cargill four and burn it up. Then there's a bunch of people on ten and five. I don't know about you guys because I can't see in the list, but I'm currently sitting on nine and six, which I is tied for twelve. You're you're nine and six, Cameron. I'm nine and six. Did you not pick all every game? Yeah, the the, the, the tie score is a loss. Oh yes. yeah, yeah, that's right. That's the right. tie score is a loss. I, was, I, I have to say, personally, it was a massively successful week because I don't have four uh, alternative accounts set up like I did last <laughs> season. So <laughs> I've only um, got one team. But yeah, make sure that you take part and remember to make your picks every single week. So we will continue to do that. A um, couple of things to talk about on the NFL Scotland website this week. Look at Wednesday. We're recording this on Wednesday. There's a deep dive piece looking at the Cowboys, Wentz versus Doug Peterson and the Broncos. Thursday, look at it for our studs and fuds. Friday will be our week two headliners looking at the teams who need to prove themselves in week two. And before we go, we are once again joined by our friends, Western Isles NFL show with their potential upset ahead of week two. Welcome to the Outer Hebrides. Uh, I'm Ian McKinnon and I'm joined by Jake McGee. How are you doing, Jake? Uh, just excited and thrilled after a fascinating week one. It was a fascinating week one. Now, uh, last week, of course, we had our upset of the week. The Jaguars over the Commanders. It was so close, wasn't it? For a while, it looked like it was in the bag. Um, and then it just faded away most you know like a lot of jaguar fans hopes i think after watching that <laughs> so it looks like uh, it looks like vegas got that one wrong uh, but maybe this week they'll be able to redeem themselves so what we're going to do is we're going to go live to our man in the field he's still there he's still in las vegas mr callum blaine can you hear us callum 
Yes, hearing you loud and clear. I'm here at Planet Hollywood in Las Vegas and you will never believe who I bumped into. It's the one, the only, king of rock and roll himself, Mr. Elvis Presley. Now Elvis, you're gonna have to tell us the question on everyone's mind. What's going to be the big upset of this week in the NFL? Hi man, it's, uh, it's all rock and roll man. You know, like my mommy saying too blow in that grace land, you know, just taking care of business man. 110 percent a really important big lessons you know and i try not to try to you know, hurt my family or offend anybody oh, 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 oh. Well, you know, thank you very much well i know where my money's going this week it's going to be the carolina panthers over the new york giants back to you in the studio well so there you are jake uh, what do you think of that the panthers over the giants i'm quite surprised to see that this is actually being listed as an upset but uh, i understand the giants are favorites is that correct yeah the giants are nearly favorites by a field goal two and a half points they're getting over the panthers now whilst the giants win well the upset win uh and the re-emergence of saquon barkley were great to see I'm sorry, I don't buy it. I mean, Brian Dable is a huge upgrade on Joe Judge, uh, and I love the call to go for two. Uh, but I cannot sit here and pretend the Titans did not just throw that game. Uh, they were 13 to nothing up at half time, And even after the heroic two-point conversion by Saquon Barkley, where he quite literally carried the team into that end zone, uh, there was a minute six left on the clock. The Titans had a false start. They got tackled inbound. They had two penalties on third downs that bailed them out. Otherwise, they would have been facing fourth down. And then down at the 27 with 18 seconds to go and a timeout. They don't get a playoff. The ball has out, been out of bounds, but they don't get a playoff. They burn a timeout. They r- then run three yards backwards and spike it to miss a 47-yard field goal. It, it was bizarre. I'm, I'm happy for the Giants. I really am. Uh, I love Saquon Barkley, and great to see him um, perform like that, but I think the Titans lost that game more than the Giants won it. Uh, and then on the flip side, the Panthers literally had the opposite. Um, uh, the, you know, Panthers and Mayfield, they had a slow and ugly start, but they progressively got better, uh, barring their rush defense, which you know can hardly blame them against uh, Chubb and Hunt, but they're not going to have it much better against Saquon. Um, it, Similar to seeing Saquon back, it was nice to see CMC back. Um, but the the Panthers were twenty to seven down entering the fourth quarter. Um, they they brought it all the way back to to lead, and then on the the final drive against the Browns, there was the softest, worst rough in the passer call I've seen, uh, and then a terrible non call on intentional grounding. Um, but Cade York, the, the Browns kicker, shout out to, to the kicker club. He went 4-4, four four, including a game winner of 58 yards. His career long in college was 57. So I feel like the Browns were very lucky to win, or the Panthers very unlucky not to win. And then the Giants, like I say, fantastic for them to win. But I, I just feel like the Panthers have more um, this week. I'm expecting them to win. Uh, I'm also expecting... Uh, Saquon Barkley to probably have a good day considering the the state of the Panthers' run defense. But what what do you think? Like I say, I, I was surprised to see that the Panthers were were nearly getting a field goal in this. Yeah, I'm I'm very very surprised at uh, at the the fact that the the Giants are are favourites. But um, you know, it's stranger things have happened. I'm with you. I think the Panthers are going to win this one over the Giants. Um, do you have a score for us there, Jake? I think it'll be a low score on one just because of the two teams. I will go 17 to 10 to the Panthers. I'm going to take 17 14 to the Panthers. I think you're absolutely right. But I'm, I'm flipping that one. So just, just the three points to the Panthers there. So uh, thanks very much for that, Jake. And uh, we'll hand you back over to Cameron and the rest of the guys at the Stramash podcast. Great to hear from the WINFL show. Um, they'll be joining us throughout the season. So, yeah, thanks to the guys for that. Anything else we want to talk about before we wrap up for this week, gentlemen? If anybody's interested in listening to the NFL, some blocks have been removed from the Westwood One coverage that you can get. And if you go direct to their site, you should be able to pick up a link to, I think, the game, certainly on a Sunday night and a Monday night. So 
that's pretty decent if you if like me you enjoy listening to the games on the radio what what is our um listener demographic for those in their 70s and 80s just out of curiosity (laughs) (laughs) you're a heathen not not appreciating the fine art of radio commentary kevin harlan was terrific by the way alongside kurt warner great stuff that is the full-time whistle, though, for episode 201 of Stramash. Thank you for taking the time to listen. As ever, share your thoughts on this in every single episode on social media at Scotland NFL. And remember to continue to send in your nominations all season long because we've got a whole load of whiskey to give away. We also are selling it this year. We'll be tweeting out the links to that, or you can check out the Loch Lomond website. We'll continue to check to see when... Jimmy G will take the reins back again at San Francisco. Will it be one week, two weeks, three weeks? Join us again next week when we'll look back on week two. The winners and losers are Team of the Week, the Belter, and the Bowfing for Cameron, for Charles, for Gordon, myself. Thanks for listening. Bye for now. Mm-hmm.